Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the hashtag adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Up Sucks podcast. Today, we're going to talk about um, having mental breakdown. <laughs> I think I, t- I talk about mine in this episode, and then we, we talk about thriving and how to be a success in life. And then I think I even mentioned Buddhism at the end. So stick around. Let's talk to Michelle. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Michelle. It's uh, nice to have you on board today. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into our topic. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, well, I'm Michelle, and uh, I'm a junior in college. Uh, I study journalism, which is pretty fun. Um, and that's about it. That's about it. Okay. So uh, let's get into your topic today. So tell me, tell me a story. What's going on? Yeah, well, I thought today we could talk about um, how to achieve a balanced life and what success looks like as a young adult. Um, I know I personally struggle with this daily, trying to balance different aspects of my life. And um, I, I have a lot of friends and colleagues who feel the same way and who struggle right out of high school being turning 18 and being told, all right, you're an adult. It's time to start doing everything on your own. And uh, I think I think that you will have a lot of good advice for me in this in this okay. realm. Well, let's um, let's get specific. So what areas of life are you having trouble balancing? Is it work versus something else or? Well, I think that uh, there's a lot of important things in life. And um, when you're young, when I was in high school, you really only focused on your social life and, you know, high school. And that, that was it. That was your whole world. And then once you, once you get out of high school, you have to go to college, you have to balance university and, and finding a career and being a part of your community and your family and finding love. It's just, it's a lot. And you want to be able to succeed in all aspects of this. And it, it can just be hard because you don't know where to start or what, what's most important. Um, so I think, I think yeah. you, your advice would be great on this and seeing what you focused on first when you were my age. And it's me, just, it's definitely a lot. It is a lot. Let me tell you, I didn't do it well when I started off. <laughs> no, that's, that's where I have to start is that, um, I don't know about you, but I, I'm kind of like a type A personality where I work a lot and I'm very task oriented and achievement motivated. Yep. I'm the same way. I'm definitely a type A person. I, I am constantly working and I'm constantly striving for success. And it's definitely, it's, it's a large stressor on my life. It can be a strength and it can be a weakness. It, it really can be. Um, I agree. I agree. And so I learned uh, the hard way that I could push myself too hard so my senior year in college, I had basically a mental breakdown. I was involved in all kinds of things. I didn't have any spare time. I was, you know, achievement oriented. So I was the president of this and vice president of that and trying to double major and staying physically fit. And uh, it just it wore me out. And I basically had a breakdown. In fact, I got suicidal and uh, luckily uh, went to the health center and saw somebody and they kind of got me on a process of therapy and I ended up missing my finals that fall semester. 
but I came back, all my professors, you know, worked with me and I got my finals done in the spring. And then I went on and took my other classes and graduated. Um, and now I'm on um, antidepressants because I respect the fact that, you know, I, my family now I know has a history of depression and that I must suffer from something called seasonal affective disorder. And so it helps me you know, just take a little bit of this uh, antidepressant and it, and it helps me balance at least my emotions and things that were better yeah. than were before. But, but in addition to that, I also just had to learn how to give up some achievement so that I give other things. Yeah, you gotta you gotta learn how to balance because it can it can cause depression and it can make you you feel a a terrible way because you want to do so much and you want to achieve so much and you try and do it so quickly and you want to be something specific and you don't focus on yourself and your own health. You're just too focused on the end goal. <laughs> and I, I definitely have had that happen to me. I have it happen to me all the time. I, I know there's times where I don't have any time to myself. I don't have time to, you know, settle down and relax and realize that, you know, I need to take a break and I need to relax and that everything doesn't have to be done all at once. <laughs> right. Good, good, good words. Yeah. And I'll say two things. The first thing is I, because I've taught college students for a long, long time, I'll often say to them, you know, you don't know where your breaking point is until you've crossed it at least once. And that's mm -hmm. probably going to happen between 18 and 22, right? Be because that's when you're going to overload and you're, and you're going to think you can do it all because you've, all, you've done it all in the past, but now you don't realize that, you know, homework takes hours and hours, not 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> everything that you have to do just adds on and adds on and adds on. And, and it's harder to have a social life when you're not in high school because you have to go out of your way to be with people or find people. Mm -hmm. All these things compound. And so many, many people find their breaking point in, as young adults at least once. And that's natural. Yeah. That's my first, my first thing is that's okay. That's natural. Obviously, if you found your breaking point, talk to some people find somebody to talk to. It's completely okay to see some, a counselor, no stigma attached to that. It helped me and everybody I know with the PhD has probably seen a counselor at least once. You know, it's, it's perfectly fine. All right. So the second thing is I do, I do teach a little bit about well-being in my leadership courses. So if you don't mind, I want to introduce this topic. The Gallup organization does surveys all over the world. Millions of people fill out their stuff. And at some point in the past, they said, well, what's it like to be a real success? Let's go interview people all over the world, 150 countries. They interviewed and said, what does success look like? What do you mean when you say you have well-being? I mean, the good life, you're thriving. And they boiled all that down into five categories. So let me just walk these through with you and you, and you can give me a response if you want. So one of those categories is career. And that's where I think you and I are both type A, like achievement. Too focused on that, too focused on your career. Right. And it's not about success in the career, they say. It's about enjoying your career. Because yeah. that will happen when the other four areas of your life are going so well that you enjoy going to work. Because it's a challenge, it's rewarding, you feel you're doing something meaningful. I think as college students, you can't say career in the traditional sense, so it has to be coursework, internships, co-curricular activities, study abroad. How are those things fitting in your life and are you giving them the right amount of emphasis? Not, not too much, not too little, right? Mm -hmm. and, and our personalities will play into this, so some of us will be a little bit too type A. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're exactly the same in that sense. I, I think that some people focus on other aspects of life more and, you know, their career will struggle, will struggle or their school will struggle. Um, so, it, yeah, it's really a balancing act between that. And um, it's all about figuring that out, I guess, and learning young. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the things that they said when they interviewed all these people is that having a successful career is definitely part of really seeing back and enjoying your life and enjoying it maybe in retrospect when you're, when you're an older person. Let's go to the second one. The second one is social. Having an area of your life where you, you have love, you have close friendships, you have people that you can count on and people that you can go to and talk to. So um, you got strong relationships in your life? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have a partner and I have family and sisters and brothers, tons of sisters and brothers. Um, but I definitely see that that's an aspect I have been failing on. That's actually something I've been trying to work on lately is um, I've noticed that I, I tend to not text my friends back. I'll be too busy and I just will let it go for days and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll text them back. And then I just, I just don't. I get too focused in my own world and not realize how important those relationships are to me. And I don't put in the work, which is unfortunate because I put the work in for a lot of other aspects of my life. So yeah, again, it's all about a balancing act. And that's something I've really been trying to achieve lately. That's good. I mean, part of this is just recognizing there's an area that you want to put work into, right? That's the first step. And so I think that's fantastic that you've said, well, I need to do a better job replying to texts. I need to reach out maybe more often instead of always mm -hmm. being the one that's reached out to. I know that there have been periods in my life that I've kind of gone quiet with some of my friends and I've always regretted it, but fortunately they were the kind of friends that could, they would wait it out and they would come, we get back together again. And that's awesome. I got lucky, I guess, that I had those <laughs> kind of friends. Cause I do think there are times when you're putting more emphasis in one of these five areas than say the others. And hopefully that's cyclical that hopefully doesn't stay. So if you're only worried about your career, like, I tell you what, trying to get a PhD, I mean, at that period of your life, that's, that's job number one. There's a lot yeah. of work that goes into finishing your dissertation. But then when it's done, you can put more effort into the other things. I think you have to be willing to rebalance it. The third thing is um, financial. You want to be rich? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we <laughs> Doesn't <all> do. everyone, though. <laughs> I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said everyone wants to be rich, of course. <laughs> exactly. Everybody wants to be rich, right. It's funny because the research doesn't suggest being rich makes you happy. Yeah. Being financially secure is kind of the key. Being at a point where you don't feel like you're in debt, that you have big strain on your finances. Just being to a point where like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting by okay. I have some mm -hmm. cash that I can spend. I'm putting away for retirement. Being a millionaire doesn't make you happy. A lot of lottery winners end up being miserable. Uh, I, I, read that research for years, you know, whatever bad spending wow. habits they had before don't get sold because they're suddenly handed millions of dollars. <laughs> they just end up spending badly millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that's another aspect of life. I really focus on. That's something that drives me daily is financial security. I, I work constantly. I work full time and I go to school full time. It's just, it's a very important thing to me to be able to feel financially secure because in the back of my mind, I'm always like, 
well, if something happens, I need to have extra cash on hand. I don't want to have something bad happen to me and then not be able to afford it. Um, I like, I like having that security. Well, that's perfectly logical and you're young, so you're not there yet and there'll be a day. So I'm kind of planting the seed as something that you want to keep in mind for later, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you just said about career, don't spend all your time trying to make money. That isn't, success doesn't mean you've got all the money in the world. It's mean having enough to, for your lifestyle and you can choose your lifestyle, by the way. You can choose to live at this level or that level. You don't have to always strive for a higher level and move up and up and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, when I was young, I heard something about um, if you pick something you love and you get real, real good at it, you'll make money. As long as you, you get real, real good at it, you just got to be the best of the best. And so that's something I've always strived for. I pick something that I love to do and I, I try and be the best at it. it you know, it's worth it. People will pay for it. And if you, if you are good at it, if you're real good at it. <laughs> you're very right. That's very, very good advice. It's very true as well. No matter what the task is, somebody's getting paid to do that in this world. And if you want to be that person, then you just have to work that hard at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I just think uh, it's very important to, um, to focus on the, uh, many different aspects and try and find this balance. Um, then, like I said, some are more important to some people than others. My career and my and financial security is really important to me. But sometimes you just got to sit back and be like, all right, I, I need to focus on some other things as well. I need You need that to feel that balance in your life. So let me share just a couple of more points about finances that I don't know that this is uh, widely known. One is between buying something that you're going to possess versus having a really cool experience with the same amount of money. The most of the research shows you get more satisfaction out of the experience than out of just owning something. So I want to stick that in the back of your mind as you go forward, that having experiences is really more about what life is about than owning possessions. And uh, I, I think my wife and I live in a fairly modest house, but we have enough money to travel, you know, and to do some things like that we like to do with our kids. And yeah. two, uh, giving money away, having some enough that you can donate, particularly at our age, or having just enough to buy a friend a coffee sometime mm-hmm. is also a really cool part of being financially well off or financially stable. So tuck that away as well. Being able to do that with your money is sometimes the most important thing you can do with your money. Yeah, it gives you a sense of gratification to be able to, you know, experience these things and say, oh no, I'll pay for dinner, don't don't worry, you know, just to yeah. have that, to treat your friends and your family. Yeah, that or anything else. But yeah, I love paying for dinner for my friends. <laughs> it just gives me such a huge sense of satisfaction and gratification. And, and, and I didn't know until I just discovered that I did that. And I, I just like it so much. Let me get into the other two for a quick. So health and physical well-being. That's the fourth category that the researchers discovered is really kind of important. You have to balance that out. How are you doing in that? You feel good in that? Oh, that is my worst one. I guarantee it. I am not the type of person to focus on myself. I am very external. Um, it's just something that slips my mind. I, I definitely don't drink water like I should every day. I definitely 
you know, forget to make dentists and doctor appointments all the time. Uh, it's just not something that's on the on on my brain. So. Since you bring up dentists and doctor appointment, I have to tell you, uh, one of my kids recently made a dentist appointment, and after five years of me bugging them, they hadn't, and they finally did, and they had a lot of work needed to be done. You don't want that. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you push it off for too long, and then it's and it's a lot of work. And I have to confess, I did the exact same thing when I was there. <laughs> so it's, it's 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 something I hope nobody else does. Go to the yeah. tennis, go to the eye doctor, <laughs> go get a physical at least once a year because it just piles on and gets worse. And then suddenly you have a big bill or yeah. and you got to get through. You, you said water, obviously diet, obviously exercise mm -hmm. and sleep. It's amazing how young adults don't protect their sleep. Yeah, I, I am definitely guilty of this. Uh, as a workaholic, I just, <laughs> I just, try and get the most out of my day and I don't think about sleeping because sleeping takes up so much of your day and so much of your time and I just I don't want to do it you need to do it you need to do about seven hours a night if you can you know mm -hmm. for someone your age yeah do that uh, protect the sleep try to make it as regular as possible it helps you go to sleep faster if it's at the same time every night that yeah includes, that includes weekends <laughs> <It's good. laughs> Go home early and get some sleep, you know. Oh, I have a friend who sleeps like 13 hours a day. It's crazy. They'll sleep like 10 hours at night and then they'll take like a three-hour nap. Like every day. I, I couldn't imagine. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but that sounds a little excessive. Uh, <laughs> That's what I thought. That's okay. Maybe they have another <laughs> issue. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we won't speculate, but there could be other reasons for that. Okay. Some people just like to sleep. <laughs> Maybe they just like to sleep. <laughs> The fifth thing is called community. It's kind of the hardest one to define. When all of these people are interviewed around the world and they say, what is, it, what is having a really thriving, good life like? They always mention something about being part of their community, being engaged. And that means things like volunteering or going to farmer's markets or being part of their community because they take on some role Maybe they, maybe they run for some office or they sit on some board or they're in the Rotary or the Kiwanis or whatever it might be. Um, it's feeling like I'm part of this larger community. They're not all my friends. They're not even all acquaintances, but I'm in this community and mm -hmm. I participate. I know that when I had kids, it was natural for me to just step up every now and then and take on some role, right? And I think that when you're Raising your kids in America, you and you have the time, not everybody does, but you have the time, you might be a coach, assistant coach, you know, board president of the football boosters, the person who bakes the cookies for all the events, whatever it might be, right? You know, you get to you get the opportunity. And then I want to remind you, you gotta you gotta still do some of that even after the kids are grown and gone. I think young adults can do this too. You don't have kids yet. You're not naturally being pulled into the community that way. So it might have to be more deliberate on your part to mm -hmm get outside your comfort zone to get outside your circle of friends and, and make these new acquaintances. But that's that connection that's wider than just family and friends. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, as college students, a lot of ways that we do this is through joining clubs and, and taking on roles, joining sororities and things like that. Um, in a different sense, uh, the town I live in, I work for the newspaper and I get to go out and be a part of the community in a different kind of way. And I didn't, 
I never thought that that was something that would be important to me. I never thought that seeing people play these roles in their community, I didn't think that that was something that I would ever want. And then since I get to go out and see all these people doing different activities and stuff, it really made me grow to appreciate my community that I live in and realize that it's a lot of people doing a lot of work to make such a great town. And um, I think that that's something I definitely want to strive for as I, as I grow up and get older and uh, getting out there and doing something for your community. It seems like something that would really give you a certain sense of gratification and um, feel like you're contributing and making making it better, making your community better. Um, so I definitely think that's something I want to strive for. 100% agree with everything you said, and I want to I want to add one little flavor to this because what doesn't show up, I kind of found surprising in any of the five is the word spirituality, or church, or religion. And I don't know whether it's because they wanted to be secular, right? Uh, they wanted to not have that flavor to the results of the survey. But if it was to be introduced, I would think community would be another way to talk about the spiritual religious component. I know when I joined a church, we moved to a new community with a couple of kids. We joined a church in that community. That's where we made friends. That's mm -hmm. where we felt connected. That was our home away from home since we were 12 hours away from either one of our parents, my wife and I. So I want to just add that and we won't go in deep into that topic today, but it's because a lot of people don't feel like they want to go to a church or they want to be spiritual. Mm -hmm. But if you do, that's a, also another fantastic way to connect with your community. Yeah. So, go ahead. Uh, I think that's the, I think community is a big part of when it comes to religion. I think that's probably the center of religion is going to a place where people share the same beliefs as you and you can talk about them and meet new people and there's tons of different leaders and and activities to join it's definitely its own community and i think that it gives some people a certain a different kind of community a yeah. place where they feel they belong yes i, I agree 100 percent. but i don't want to belabor the point in this particular uh, maybe on another episode we'll talk more about spirituality <laughs> and religion but it's just it's one of the things to keep in mind so there's five things that these gallup researchers and the book is called well-being I happen to have it in front of me right now. It's from the Gallup organizers. It's written by Tom Rath and Jim Harder, uh, if you want to check it out. The five things, again, are having career that you're satisfied with and that you enjoy and that you feel you're contributing and it's meaningful to you. Having social aspects to your life, like love, friendships, connection. Having financial stability, enough so that you don't stress about finances all the time. Not rich, necessarily having physical and health well-being, and then having community well-being, like being connected to this larger group around us. I think that, I think it's a really nice thing to keep those five. So I would recommend to any of our listeners out there that are young adults, write those five words down until you have them memorized, put them on a sticky note and hang them on your mirror. Because if at any point in your life, you're, you're feeling like you're giving one or two of those too much emphasis, it's a good time to step back and maybe put some more work into the other two or three, or even just one. It's completely okay to step back from a hard driving career, ambitious achievement orientation for a bit and say, I'm just gonna <laughs> focus in on some friends here for a while or, or this, uh, this new romantic love that I've got or my community, I'm gonna give back to my community. As long as the career is not gonna go backwards, I can kind of maintain. I wanna bring up another topic that's kind of related to this. I know a lot of people suffer from anxiety 
in the sense that they're always anxious, always worried about themselves or about the world or about what's going to happen or what already happened. So I want to bring up Buddhism. It's just, now I mentioned spirituality and here's is the crazy thing that they're out there. But I took a course in world religions in college. And then I took, I liked it so much. I took another course in the department and this was on Buddhism. And it helped orient me into something that I've had to keep in mind, particularly as a guy who suffers from depression. And that is, uh, and I, I'm not going to do justice as a Buddhism teacher. So forgive me if you actually understand this better than I do, but Buddhism reminds us that the past is the past and it's gone. Can't be changed. So sitting in bed at night, going over and over and over all the events of the past and letting them drive us crazy is crazy. <laughs> we shouldn't do that. And likewise, the future hasn't happened yet either. There's only the now. There's only what we're experiencing this moment. The future could be widely different from what we predict. And so worrying about that, being completely anxious about what might happen is also kind of crazy. Because if what I've learned in being in the 50s is many things don't work out the way that I worry about them. They don't, they don't even happen that way. So why was I worried in the first place? Why was I so stressed out? It just didn't go that direction. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do. I, I definitely see myself as a very anxious person. That's why I probably really focus on financial stability and my career because I'm constantly worried about the future and I just want to make sure that things end up okay when in reality I should be focused a little bit more on the present and living in the moment. Um, so I definitely think that's something that I need to work on and I think a lot of people need to work on is trying not to think so much about the future. It, obviously you shouldn't think about the future, you shouldn't um, just kind of go with the flow too much, but uh, but you shouldn't be living in the future. Yeah, it, obviously the word mindfulness comes to mind because that's part of this, yeah. learning how to live in the moment. And, and we don't have time to get deep into that today. But, you know, I think that people who understand their strengths sometimes understand a strength can end up being your weakness. I think you said that early on in this discussion. I did, I did. Yeah, my overworking can be a strength and a weakness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if if you find that that, you know, that overworking, that achievement orientation, that task orientation is so strong that it's causing me trouble sometimes, then we have to back off and we have to say, uh, that strength is a weakness occasionally. So I'm gonna have to manage myself in that orientation. Now, there are completely different pe people out there, right? So there are people who don't have enough achievement orientation, <laughs> maybe aren't motivated enough to put in the work, don't have the self-discipline to put the hours in that might be required for a college education. They, they need to, they have some other strength, whatever that might be, and they need to manage that strength so they end up with more self-discipline, right? They put more work in. We're all different, but I think the, the message is learn yourself. Learn what you're like as time goes on and manage that. Mm -hmm. Have you done some of that? You're 20, right? 21? 21, yeah, just 21. So you've learned stuff about yourself, right? Yeah, I have. Um, like you said, it's all about learning who you are and what you're good at and making little adjustments so that other aspects don't fall off. I keep thinking about the word balance. It's all about balance. I just, I, I'm really, really good in some aspects and then I'm not so great in others. It's all about compensating and making sure that things level out a little bit. And so you're not just focusing on one thing. 
right. You know, I don't need to say anything more. That was perfectly said. I think we can end up, I can think we can end on that note. It's about balance, making little adjustments, redistributing your time and energy into other things sometimes just because you recognize you need to and yep. uh, being hopeful about the future. Always. Yeah. I'll I'll have to add that book to my Amazon cart. <laughs> okay. Put the well-being by Tom Rath and Jim Harder. Michelle, it's been great to talk to you today. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 